Do y'all ever just wake up one day and you're just completely lost? Being completely honest, that was me on Thursday when I woke up and saw everything that was going on. You kind of just put your phone down and man, that's just kind of what happens. It's crazy. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Silverman. And oh my gosh, the past 24 hours has definitely been crazy. But there is so much to cover. So luckily, we had a pretty new and exciting thing to discuss. And wait for it. You guessed it. It's about something Alabama. So we've got two Friday Alabama episodes in a row. Let's all hop in right away and get to it. Once again, welcome everyone to this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make this night last. It has been probably one of the most whirlwinds of the past 24 hours or even even a bit longer because so much has just happened. If you aren't familiar with it, don't worry. I'm not either. I feel like there's a lot going on with this. But basically, the long story short is that Nick Saban was at an event on Wednesday and he was discussing how it was kind of weird how Texas A&M with an 8-4 and record was actually the team that had the highest ranked recruiting class. And, you know, a lot of people kind of downplayed it. And then, of course, the media had a field day with it. And they're saying how this old man is saying something that he shouldn't have said. And they're turning it into everything. Basically, if you're an Alabama fan, if you follow Alabama, or if you're a graduate of the university, you know Nick Saban hates what people do in this. And he calls it rat poison for a reason. So obviously, the media is having a field day. A lot of Alabama fans just don't really care. And then they ask Jimbo Fisher for his opinion. So they ask the coach of the opposing school who had a, you know, number one overall recruiting class, how he feels. And Jimbo basically just kind of starts crying, and he's trying to make it seem like He's been wronged and he's the victim. But wait, what's the big thing right here about what he's saying? Well, believe it or not, here's the crazy thing. NIL. Now, you might be wondering, what's that mean? Well, now we have this thing where people can actually be profited off of the likeness when it comes to their you know, marketing or sports, basically anything that you could imagine for your favorite college athlete from basically 10 years ago is real now. And Nick Saban kind of looked at that and said, well, isn't that a little weird how Texas A&M wasn't a contender and now they just randomly had the number one recruiting class? Yes. Yes, it is. But then we get into what Jimbo feels and Jimbo feels like he's being cheated. And the best way for me to put this is kind of picture that Jimbo is a son who beats his dad for the first time in pickup basketball, and he basically thinks he's Michael Jordan. That's how I feel. I honestly feel like Jimbo is overreacting. He's just kind of losing his mind, and I think he's just making a whole lot of thing out of nothing. Nick Saban wanted to state his mind. It is off. I mean, everyone seems crazy about this, but you also have to remember You know, Nick Saban doesn't always have the top recruiting class. There was a year where Georgia had it. Did Kirby pay his players? No. 
Did Nick Saban say anything about it? No. With this, though, basically, Nick Saban is doing an ultimate test without us realizing it. He's trying to get under Jimbo's skin, and Jimbo's letting him. So, really, we don't know what people are thinking right now, but what I can tell you is that how Jimbo's handling this is the wrong way, and maybe Jimbo isn't ready to have the number one recruiting class. Right now, a lot of people are just kind of upset and they're frustrated and they're like, they don't really know what's going on. Well, with it, I mean, you have to kind of look at it from a different perspective. Who is the most famous player from Texas A&M that you can think of? Okay, now stop thinking about Johnny Manziel and then think about a successful Texas A&M player in the NFL. Okay, you thought of Von Miller or Mike Evans or Ryan Tannehill or Miles Garrett. Now think of someone from Jimbo Fisher's tenure. Pause for dramatic effect. Basically, you can't think of one. Well, what about Kalamon? He hasn't done anything yet. Okay, well, yeah, you, can, you can't think of players from Jimbo's most recent Texas A&M plans. Now, obviously, we know what people will do. Well, Jimbo's responsible for this person or this person or this person. Yeah, when he was at Florida State. But this, basically, even just looking at Jimbo Fisher in the year 2020 with his roster, obviously everyone's saying how he did, and, you know, they only lost one game as to Alabama. But look at kind of just the roster. And is the roster exciting to people? Does it make you say, wow, you know, that's so great. Look at this. Um, no, because they had four picks. In the 2021 NFL Draft, let's look at the 2019 year. And here we see you had two people selected, and one of them was a punter. Now, don't get me wrong. I love punters. J.K. Scott, shout out to you, my guy. But with this, you're not seeing the most exciting picks. Let's look at 2018. First year under Jimbo Fisher. Okay, Eric McCoy, second-round pick. He's been pretty decent for the Saints. Jay Sternberger who hasn't really caught the pass. Kingsley Kiki, done pretty decent. Dalen Mack, pretty decent, but he is on the USFL. Trevion Williams, kind of decent. Donovan Wilson, Donovan Wilson's pretty decent too. Colin Gillespie, also pretty decent. None of those were drafted in the first round. All of those years that Alabama has had a player come in, drafted. So doesn't it seem odd that Jimbo Fisher, who has been a coach at Texas A&M for the past few years, who's never had a first rounder drafted up until right now, has this success? In a sense, yes. Here, let's even look at 2021. And I mean... Let's take a look now. Yes, I know this team beat Alabama. I'm not bitter about that. We didn't play good. But here, let's see this roster and just kind of breaking it down. Okay. So, Isaiah Spiller, not drafted in the first round. Nia Smith wasn't drafted. Jalen Weidemeyer was not drafted in the first round. DeMarvin Wheel, not drafted in the first round. You have to think about this. There were people who obviously had good years, but none of these people are screaming first round draft picks. 
So, doesn't it seem off? Doesn't it seem interesting that, you know, you had some players who might not have been the most exciting who came in? Yes, yes, and yes. Does Jimbo think so? Probably not. Okay, so here's an example. You had Kenyon Green get drafted by the Houston Texans in the first round. Who? A lineman. And then you had DeMarvin Leal drafted in the third by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you had Isaiah Spiller drafted in the fourth. You had Michael Clemens drafted in the fourth. So you're trying to tell me that because of how Texas A&M has done as a program, that they can be this consistent? No, something's not adding up. Now, the reason I'm being so hard on Jimbo is because this isn't the first time Jimbo's done this. Jimbo is pretty much known as being a certified crybaby. He's cried about everything. He, you know, downplayed Jameis Winston's brush with the law and stuff. And you also have to think about how he left um, FSU. Also, his name is Jimbo. He is a... 56-year-old man who goes by Jimbo. Shouldn't he go by James, which is his first name? The point being, right now, Jimbo isn't acting the way he should, and people are coming on to Nick Saban. Well, shouldn't they be coming on to Jimbo right now? Because he's kind of not done anything. Has he won a championship at at Texas A&M? No. Has he produced many All-Americans? No. Has he done anything exciting? No. There's nothing that he's done that makes him so exciting. He had an 8-4 record this year. So, he didn't build on the great year before. So, what do you think about that? The past few days have definitely been one. And it was funny because I saw something on Twitter how someone had said, man, it feels like the Brian Harson stuff happened ages ago. In that sense, it does. So what is so crazy about Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban? Well, Jimbo Fisher used to be one of Nick Saban's many assistants. He was a big reason for, you know, the success at LSU. They won the national championship together. And they obviously have been able to, you know, see their own success. But with this too, you know, you also have to kind of look at how things have kind of changed. You know, he went to LSU, coached under Nick Saban, and he developed, you know, Josh Booty, Rohan Davey, Matt Mock, Jamarcus Russell. Um, Sorry, I'll, you know, take him out because we obviously know what happened. And then he went on to Florida State, and he did really well there. I mean, he had Jameis, he won a national championship, but then just kind of how he handled stuff as he was leaving wasn't really the best, and people kind of lost, you know, respect for him for that, and, you know, there's also a report stating that there were a lot of problems with the culture there under him, and a lot of players seemed to lose their drive after the 2013 national championship season, and they had the worst academic progress rate of any Power 5 program. That's kind of upsetting. But, you know, that's not something that we need to dive deep into. I think with this, though, maybe it was just something with Jimbo as a person. But when I've talked to people who went to Florida State, they weren't happy with Jimbo leaving. I don't blame them. 
So Jimbo comes to Texas A&M, you know, he's one of the many Nick Saban assistants and people are, you know, talking and saying, oh yeah, you know, something can happen. He can make a change. And I mean, it's kind of been underwhelming, you know, a nine and four season, an eight and five season, a nine and one season, an eight and four season. Yes, you beat Nick Saban. That's great. Awesome. You beat Nick Saban, you know, kudos to you. Kirby did it. And, you know, you beat your dad. But after that, what else did you do? You know, you don't have much really to think about. You've won the Gator Bowl. You've won the Texas Bowl. You won the Orange Bowl. There isn't really much to brag about there. There's a Texas A&M player saying, people dream about going to Alabama. We dream about beating Alabama. Do you know how, you know, bad that sounds? Do you know what that sounds like? Hey, you know, I dream of going to Alabama and winning a national championship. Oh, no. We dream about beating Alabama. Okay, so you would rather beat Alabama one time in your four years at school than winning a championship. Make it make sense. I think with this, they're giving Jimbo too much slack. You know, we can't confirm or deny the whole thing with NIL deals or how he got players to come to AM. What But we can see is that Jimbo did not handle his, you know, press conference the best. So let's break down Jimbo's press conference from a different communication standpoint. All right, so obviously I got my degree in communication. I feel like I can break this down. So the first thing I want to highlight is that Jimbo's voice is quivering. So there are a few ways that you can look at that. Is his voice quivering because he's trying to make people feel sorry for him? Or he's trying to make it seem like he's crying? We don't really know. Obviously, after that, you see him trying to dodge the question. That is not what you should do. Obviously, when you have a question, you want to make sure you're fully answering it, even if you don't want to. He is dodging the question by saying, hey, these people who are affected are 17-year-olds and their families. What's that have to do with anything? Overall. I think Jimbo is trying to create something that he shouldn't. And let's, I mean, let's just play football. You know, let's see how this works out in the fall when Alabama and Texas A&M play. I think that's the best way of putting it. Obviously, you know, Nick Saban is still the best coach in college football. Jimbo isn't reaching that anytime soon. But right now, I think the best way of saying this is play old Southern college football. That's how we should do it. So at the end of the day, yes, the past few days have been exciting. It's crazy because you have some excitement and some news. But let's just focus on football. That's the best way of putting it. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. This was fun. You know, we got to do something about my college and kind of how they're handling things. Obviously, um, I enjoyed this, you know, thank you so much for the past month and a half. I really enjoyed making these memories and this content with you as always check us out on Spotify, anchor, Apple podcast, and you will find us under obviously Jake's take, but you'll also find us under Jake's small market sports take. You know, we were just kind of experimenting with the name. Let me know what you think about it. Obviously you can always change it back. You can find us on Spotify, of course, but you can also find us on Facebook, Jake's Take Podcast, Instagram, Jake's Take Podcast. We are also on Twitter now. You can find us 
for Twitter, Jake's Take Podcast. And, you know, we're also getting content out every Tuesday and Friday now. Of course, Tuesday's episode is going to focus on the city of Charlotte, so I'm super excited for that. So definitely give that a listen and shoot us a like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Who knows? You might put this on YouTube as well, too. But once again, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. And as always, enjoy life, have fun, bring kindness to others, and bring some adventure into your life. And as always, I will see y'all later. Take care.